Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the FIGHT podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and I have a great show lined up for you guys today, this week, I'm going to go ahead and cover all the MMA news of the weekend. Yes, it's really, really John Jones heavy, but we still have some other stuff going on. Um, So obviously, we're going to talk about what's going on with the UFC 232 main event, the move locations, and so much more. But before I get to that, remember... The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe listen rate share we're on itunes soundcloud google play spotify and stitcher and don't forget to go ahead and purchase merch all right guys (laughs) this week started off well first and foremost merry christmas happy holidays to everybody listening i hope you guys had an amazing one. It's been great for me, man. I've been traveling all over the place. Uh, I've been in New York. We had some meetings and, and visited some family out there. I'm currently in Michigan right now, hanging out with my girlfriend's family. And then uh, for New Year's, I'm heading over to the West Coast and I'll be in uh, L.A. taking care of some stuff over there as well, man. So a lot of movement. Hopefully we're building a lot of great new content uh, for you guys to enjoy. Um, As you guys know, for those of us who've been here for a while and paid attention and been fans of the Fight Podcast, obviously I appreciate you guys. Um, So we are not only on iTunes and SoundCloud anymore. Um, We have spread out. We're doing more, and we're now on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and every major podcasting hosting network out there. So if you know somebody who know loves fights don't have iTunes or SoundCloud, make sure they um, know that now you can listen to us anywhere, man. So uh, we have that going on already. But uh, the holidays have been great. Uh, chilling with family all over the place, getting to meet new family and stuff. Uh, that's what I love about the holidays, man. It's always a really, really good time. Um, definitely one of my favorite times of year. A couple years ago, I didn't really used to do a lot, but uh, once myself and my girlfriend got together, we really wanted to have that same, you know, that feeling, man, that 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 lovely feeling and then being able to just enjoy Every day, whether it be just going out and looking at some lights or going to catch a show, watching a Christmas movie, a holiday movie every night, no matter how many times I've seen it in our lives or we've seen it, definitely still watch one of those old school movies, man. It always feels like the holidays. And also being that I'm Puerto Rican or half Puerto Rican, should I say, the Christmas season isn't done with me yet. Uh, We still have Three Kings Day coming up on the 6th, so... For all of my uh, Latinos or Latinxes out there, happy Three Kings Day. I know we're still going to go ahead and drink as much coquito and everything else we have uh, for, for uh, the next week and a half of the holiday season, man. But Christmas come early, I guess you can say, uh, for, I guess, people in L.A. And uh, it seems like John Jones and uh, Dana White have been a little bit of like the Grinch who stole Christmas. Uh, for everyone who's been in, in uh, Vegas. So 
I have to start off with this. And I'm going to let you guys listen to a couple different clips from not only Dana White, John Jones, Nowitzki, the Golden Snitch himself. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, but for those of us who don't know, haven't paid attention, John Jones and Alexander Gustafson were supposed to compete this weekend, and they still are, but they were supposed to compete in Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. And what happened? John Bones Jones happened, and he did it on some Britney Spears, oops, I did it again. This dude popped hot. For the exact same Toronto ball that he popped out for 18 months ago. So before I go ahead and really talk about and let you guys listen to what Dana and everybody else had said. This is what I think, honestly. Yo, where there's smoke, there's fire. This card now has moved with less than a week less than a week six days they moved an entire card from las vegas to the form in la this is crazy this is unprecedented this has never happened and they're absolutely showing some kind of favoritism i hear out there also that they got to make sure they're paying, so they got to get their numbers for the year. So regardless on John Jones pissing hot, they had to push this event out there. And that's why they're out there doing so much damage control, man. Um, I think this is ridiculous. Being able to watch somebody like John Jones, who is possibly the greatest talent to have ever competed in MMA constantly over and over and over again doing something that we know is illegal blows my mind man it really does it's crazy to sit there and actually listen and watch everything that's going on so let me go ahead and and let you listen to what the president himself had to say and and look i know i'm gonna be all over the place on this one i have so much on my mind about this event about what's going on with john gus and i'm still obviously going to do the breakdowns and everything else because we still have to talk about the huge event that we have this upcoming weekend but um let me go ahead and let, let you listen to what dana white had to say about the move and john jones himself is moving from Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Uh-oh. Okay. And I'll let Nowitzki take over. Uh, so December 6th, we were notified uh, by USADA. Um, that, well, first off, let me say this is regarding John Jones. There has been no violation of the anti-doping program. He is cleared to fight in terms of the USADA program. Um, we were notified early this month of an issue that he has had over his most recent tests where a very, very small amount, in fact, I'll, I'll describe how small it is, of a long-term metabolite of a substance called DHCMT, dehydrochloromethyltestosterone, also known as oral terinabol, which was the reason for his most recent suspension. This weekend's fight. So the event was moved because he pissed hot. Again, they're saying, and that's Jeff Nowitzki, the main guy of USADA, but don't, do not forget, USADA is an employee of the UFC. So look, man, I definitely am extremely skeptical about this. Because there is a litany of other fighters out there in the world. Damn the world. In the UFC. That have never pissed hot. And when I say pissed hot. I mean have tested positive. For some variation of steroids. Of performance enhancing drugs. Right. So. 
That's the first thing they had to say about it. This is the next thing they also had to say specifically about John himself. I haven't heard anything negative about John Jones leading up to this fight. Nothing. And uh, he was willing to jump on a plane yesterday and go take a drug test, like, immediately. Mm. If, if I want to plan a, a PR tour for John Jones in two months, try pulling that together. It's, 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 it's tough to get John Jones. He's willing to do anything. So I believe that John Jones is clean. I believe that John is uh, in fight shape, and I believe that, you know, He's been doing the right thing. I don't know for how long. I haven't been with him. I haven't, whatever, but he seems good to me. Me personally. So, yo, I call bullshit. I, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know right now. I, I think it's, it's ridiculous. Um, so one thing that they kept on saying when John originally popped for Toronto Ball, they said that metabolite levels were so low, the levels were so low that it's like a grain of sand in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. So they said it's impossible. It's impossible for him to get any benefits from this. And this is from something that is so long ago it doesn't even register. That is the excuse they originally gave us. So, I was already a little skeptical about that then. But I was like, okay, whatever. Let's let it rock. For those of us who've been paying attention to the Fight Podcast over the last year, you know I've been critical of John. I've also been critical of Dana White and the UFC. But with this one, I was like, ah, man, I guess, look... These dudes are professionals. They have a business to run, so it is what it is. I'm sure he's good. But then he pops again. It not only did he pop again for the exact same metabolite, the markers were actually higher than the time before. So and then the excuse that they're actually using and I'm Shorten it a lot for a lot of us who didn't actually listen to the entire press conference. But what they're saying is that this is with the new testing and all of the quote unquote experts. I'd love to talk to some of these ex experts. But they said what all of these experts said that this was residual effects from the test that happened 18 months ago. Look, man, I got news for you guys. I'm not a drug PED expert by any stretch of the imagination. But I've been around sports for a very long time. That is not how it works. That's not. You do not keep certain things in your system for almost a year and a half past the, the, the point. It doesn't. Your body gets rid of it. So the fact that they're sitting there and telling me that not only did John Jones pop once again, he popped for a higher amount than last time. And then let's talk about Nevada. The Nevada State Athletic Commission said this. They were like, look, we're not saying that John didn't pop or did with there. They're saying that since it's the holidays and not enough people are there, we can't have a hearing about it. So we're not going to give John Jones a license to compete for this event. Why wouldn't they want him to compete if he didn't pop? So he popped once again. They're losing out on millions of dollars, but they don't care. Why is that? So when you look at those type of things, it really brings a question a lot. I wanted to bring this up. Because to me, more than anything else. Now I totally am on Daniel Cormier's side. Daniel Cormier, right after that, tweeted, oh my God, he, he tested positive again. 
And then afterwards, he said this, shaking my head, USADA equals joke. Jeff Nowitzki equals joke. Andy Foster, that's of the California State Athletic Commission, equals joke. A pinch of Tarina ball in an Olympic-sized pool from 2017 that stays in your system for 18 months equals joke. Nevada State Athletic Commission, you're cool. That's from the champ champ Daniel Cormier. And now let me bring this down. Anybody who wants to sit there and say, oh, Daniel Cormier is, you know, you know, what is it? Uh, you know, he's just he's just crying. He's he's complaining. He's doing all this and that. Is he? Oh, what he had isn't going to help him beat John Jones or John Jones helped beat him. Is it not? What do performance enhancing drugs do? They enhance your performance. They give you confidence. They make you that much quicker. That much have you that much more ability. Not saying that he doesn't have natural ability because obviously he does. But to sit there and say that PEDs did not help him throughout his career. I say he's foolish, man. I say it's total BS. And for anybody to think anything otherwise, yo, I, I'm going to piss on your head. You can just tell me it's raining. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. I have some snow for you that I got from the Sahara. Here, buy this. If you buy that, you you buy the snow I got from the Sahara Desert. That's how goofy you are. And that's how goofy the UFC is looking right now. This, in my humble opinion, is making the UFC look worse and worse and worse. And then look, for Jeff Nowitzki, who all of us hailed for the longest time as this straight edge, this is the dude who brought down Lance Armstrong. He used to go through Lance Armstrong's garbage to find any little thing that had to do with performance-enhancing drugs. And now you mean to tell me he's cool with this? Guys, to me, this seems just ridiculous, man. Um, So with John and DC going back and forth, they're back at it. And it seems like John Jones, honestly, at this point in time, I think he knows all of us knows he's a cheater and he just doesn't care. And then he just starts coming with this like black mask, bro. He's literally like he put the black hat on. He He's that guy. And he responds to Daniel Cormier by saying this. And this is on Twitter. This is I quote this is from John. I can slap your wife on the ass and you could literally do nothing about it. You're my bitch, DC. That'll never change. Funny how you're giving me two posts, but said nothing when I asked you to come and get your belt back. Well, before, let let me clear something up. How is he going to get his belt back? Because he still has the belt. He's the current champ champ. Not only is he the current champ champ, why would he come back down and fight for something if you aren't willing to move up to heavyweight? I digress. DC responded by saying this at John Jones. And here's the funny thing. John Jones didn't actually at DC, but DC made a point at him. So at Johnny Bones, you couldn't do shit. You steroid, steroid abusing junkie. I swear you, I'd never touch your wife's flat ass. LOL. That is actually hilarious. Um, And I didn't respond. I'm not going to help you sell your bum ass fight, you drug abusing steroid cheat. F you. All right. So obviously there's no love lost between these two dudes. There isn't. He's going back and forth and it doesn't stop there. John Jones has something to say to Gus because Gus said, I don't care if you're on rocket fuel. I'm still going to finish you, John Jones. So John goes and said, says, bro, I took your best punches that first fight. At no point was I phased or dazed by any of them. You were seconds from being TKO in the fourth round. You're delusional. Hashtag and still. Gus responds. You are a damn clown. 
of course we all know you're used to taking shots. And then he went ahead and put the little uh, syringe thing on there, the emoji on there. Nothing new, bro. The only ones you're blessed is, the only ones you are blessed by is Dana White and Jeff. Good luck when you're, good luck runs out Saturday night. So, look, they don't seem pleased about it. It seems like these guys are actually going back and forth and 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 more. Um, it, this is all embarrassing, man. This is really embarrassing. Um, for this situation, this is actually what John Jones on Twitter had to say to his fans. I'm focused on achieving my ultimate goal of reclaiming my light heavyweight title. I have willingly submitted to every USADA test in the lead up to this fight. And USADA has confirmed that I've been, I've been saying all along that I'm a clean athlete. I sincerely thank, thank the California State Athletic Commission and Andy Foster for doing the right thing and supporting me through this process. I cannot wait to fight Alexander Gustafson this Saturday, December 29th in Los Angeles Forum in Inglewood. Can't bend me, can't break me. Hashtag champion 2018. All right. For those of us who didn't know this also, for, for people thinking that John Jones is a clean athlete, let me tell you this also. John Jones has two brothers who are currently competing in the NFL. They're great players, really. One's a great D lineman, one's a great O lineman. Both of those guys have popped for PEDs over the last year and a half. So you mean to tell me all three of them have popped and it's, they're all clean athletes? Man, F out of here. Seriously. We, we have to look at what it is and what this actually means to the sport. We are saying this, and this is my biggest problem with this. We're saying that it is totally okay for you to break the rules if you're a superstar. If you got to the point, you know, if you've cheated long enough and you've gotten, if you won titles and you've gotten acclaim and all this stuff, it's okay. Think about this. Brock Lesnar openly took steroids and beat Mark Hunt. That's the reason UFC is currently getting sued by Mark Hunt. They were okay with it. They still paid that man. John Jones, he's not only, and, and let me go down the list of, of what happened with John Jones. He got caught, and he got in a car accident with strippers and drugs, got hit a pregnant woman, broke her arm, ran from the scene, forgot his cash, came back, got it, ran back away. He comes back, goes in a, in a title fight, Pops hot for cocaine. All right. Whatever. He likes to party. He comes back. Pops hot for PEDs. Says it was dick pills. Says it was penis enlargement pills or whatever. He was having a lot of sex and partying a lot. It's kind of weird that a young dude like that needs, you know, you know, Viagra and stuff, but yo, whatever, man, I'm, I'm about that blue chew life myself. It's whatever, <laughs> you know, Hey, we like to have fun. It's cool. Do that. But again, for those of us who know, if you're taking those type of pills, they tend to be estrogen blockers. Why do you need estrogen blockers? A lot of people tend to need estrogen blockers after you've done a cycle of PEDs. All right. So there's that. Then he comes back. He's going to go ahead and fight again for the title. What happens? In UFC 200, he pops hot again. He's suspended. They say, oh, it's not real. It's, it's some nonsense. It's whatever. Comes back, fights DC. What happens? He pops out again. And again, now he pops out again. Yo, people. When there's smoke, there's fire. This is what's been going on with John Jones over the last five years. It's, it's bananas, man. It really is. Andy Foster, uh, the executive officer of the California State Athletic Commission, says, we've got a statement from three different scientists from the lab director saying there's no evidence of any ingestion that isn't a new thing. This is what, has been, what he has been punished for already. He's already served his time on this. Really? Has he? Okay, let me let me bring this up. Frank Mir, 
one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time in the UFC. He had the same amount. He actually had less in his system than John Jones did. They suspended that man for two years. Two years for the exact same thing. They wouldn't even hear him out. How about Chad Mendez? Chad Mendez popped for a topical that he uses for a skin condition. He's out two years. The first time it's ever happened to him, out two years, gone, bye. Tim Means, get out of here. You popped hot, bye. John Jones pops hot all of those times. You have the California State Athletic Commission. You have Dana White. You have Jeff Nowitzki. All of them saying, oh, the ex- experts, experts said this. Yo, what experts are we talking about? Really? Last thing we'll say about this, well, probably not the last thing, but Alexander Gustafson said, now we understand. Now we all understand why you didn't take the water test. You can be on rocket fuel and I can still go and finish you, John. And that's what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, look, man. This is nuts. It's crazy to to think that this is happening. And here's, I haven't even talked about the repercussions of actually moving an entire card less than a week out. Let's remember this. We're not just talking about two fighters going to a different place. We're talking about an entire card full of individuals who are cutting weight, who have brought their families to Nevada for the holidays. And they do not all make John Jones money. They're not all getting paid like that. So how are these individuals getting pushed um, across country? And then from what I understand, they're not even getting compensated for it. The UFC is looking really bad, man. To move a card of this magnitude. And um, one thing that I've heard over and over again is this. Why is this card moving? What happened to it? Why are they forcing this to happen? As opposed to just saying, forget it, cancel this, we'll have him fight again in March. The UFC has not had a great year this year. Yes, there have been some amazing fights. But if we're looking at pay-per-view numbers, yo, they've had a poor, piss-poor year. They need this. John Jones is a pay-per-view draw. Aside from Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, then it's John Jones. And here's the thing for the casual fans. I'm pissed off. I'm a hardcore. I don't like the way it makes the sport look. My sport look. I hate it. But for the casual fans. Oh, the fuck up is back. I love this. Let's watch it. Is he going to win? No, he did it. It's the exact same thing. Why the reason why people love Floyd Mayweather. The more he messed up, the more the rest of them look like rock stars. Don't matter if you want him to lose. Don't matter if you want him to win. You're going to tune in. And the UFC knows that. So I'm looking at it. It's, it's scary, man. It's scary to see. Who do I believe? i tell you one thing. I don't believe in John Jones. I don't believe the UFC. I don't believe Jeff Nowitzki or any of them. We'll see what ends up happening, man. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and every major podcast listening place. All right. Woo. I know. I know. That was a lot. And um, it, it's just crazy how much is happening, man. It, 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 and it's always with John Jones. We could say he's a wild man, and it's okay. It's entertaining. But if he's the best in the sport, why are we always bending the rules for this guy? Conor McGregor, same thing. Ronda Rousey, same thing. There's over 600 athletes on that roster. 
you have to represent them all. And, and it's true, it is. The more famous you are, the more you can get away with. It's true. It really is. I understand that. But what's happening is rough, man. All right, moving on. We still have a lot of fight news, and I want to make sure I get it before I go ahead and break down this fight that is now in L.A. <laughs> hey, and I'm not mad. I'll actually be in L.A. when it happens, so it is what it is. All right. So this was big news. February 17th, Francis Ngannou makes his return against one of, if not the greatest heavyweight champions of all time, Kane Velasquez makes his return finally after almost two years on February 17th against Francis Ngannou. That is going to be incredible. I cannot wait. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Kane is going to take that man's lunch money. He's going to go out there and destroy um, Francis Ngannou. And I truly believe if Kane Velasquez is actually healthy, actually healthy, in 2019, because Daniel Cormier is going to go ahead and retire, Cain Velasquez will in 2019 regain his heavyweight title and be a three-time champion. So I can't wait to see that, man. It's going to be really, really interesting. All right. Also, on that exact same card, and this card in February looks like it's going to be fire. Uh, I'm just going to call it my birthday weekend card because it is on that week. But uh, Zabit Magomasherpov is competing against one of my personal favorites, Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens is a beast at 145 pounds, as well as um, Zabit is. This should be an entertaining fight. Zabit has all the skills. He can wrestle. He can kickbox. He can do it all. He has great jujitsu. Jeremy Stevens has one. He has an incredibly well-rounded game, but he has one X factor that most people don't. He has that power in both hands, knees, feet, and he can knock you dead. Absolutely. He has, if you go back and watch some of Jeremy Stevens highlights, He's knocked out some of the best in the world. Ricardo Lamas, um, Rafael Dos Anjos. The list goes on and on. He's knocked dudes completely done. So, out, done, dead, whatever you want to call it. He's, he, he's an absolute monster. I cannot wait to see what happens that fight, man. It should be a good one. And that is actually on the exact same card, headlined by Robbie Lawler and the first time we see Ben Askren fight in the UFC. That fight in February should be incredible, man. I cannot wait to see that one. All right, keeping with the UFC and some fight news. Um, Tyron Woodley. <laughs> so Kobe Covington, um, who's 14-1, the quote-unquote interim champion or the former interim champion, he's demanding a title shot against Tyron Woodley. Uh, the champ was in the news and on Team Z. And Tyron tells Team Z Sports um, a number of things. I'm going to talk about Tyron in a second, what he also said, because this is something that has been going on and I think is actually important to talk about. But before I get to the important stuff, let's talk about some drama. Tyron Woodley on Twitter goes on there and says, I didn't get what I wanted this Christmas under my tree. All I wanted was a Kobe Covington contract, and he didn't get that. Kobe Covington comes back, fires back, and says, Tyron Woodley's a lie. I didn't get any contract. And then when that would after that happened, Dana White comes out and says, and Kamaru Usman is fighting for the title. I don't care who he fights. What? <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. You know, and we've all talked about Tyron Woodley, the 170-pound champion in the UFC, is arguably one of, if not the greatest 170-pound champ. I currently have him as the second greatest champion in the 170-pound division behind George St. Pierre and ahead of Matt Hughes. Dana White has always had an issue with Tyron Woodley, says he's difficult to work with, says all this. And it's incredible that he says that specifically because everyone else that he works with loves the man. He, he's a great commentator. He's a great color analyst. Um, aside from Michael Bisping and Daniel Cormier, he's right behind the two of those guys. Um, he's great on TMZ. He, he's, he's great everywhere. And everybody loves him except for Dana White. As we forget on short notice, he actually just finished the UFC's golden boy, 
um, in uh, Darren Till, the huge 170-pound beast, one of my favorites. He's a great kickboxer. Um, he should be fighting at 185 pounds, and that's what seems like it's going to happen. But three, not even three months ago, two and a half months ago, he went ahead and beat that man. And now Dana White says if he doesn't fight Kamara Usman in the next month, he's stripping him of the title. What? It's ridiculous, man. Um, look, what would I like to see? Personally, I would love to see Tyron Woodley destroy Colby Covington. Colby Covington is cringeworthy, man. It's the best way I could explain it. He talks trash. He, but it's not good trash talk. Like Conor McGregor talks amazing trash talk. Daniel Cormier, he's great on the mic. There's a lot of guys who are amazing on the mic. Colby Covington is not one of them. All he does is says bigoted racial things. He wants to be on this make a great America, make America great bandwagon. And look, if that's how you float, cool, that's your choice. But to sit there and try to make it that divisive specifically to sell fights, I think you're a clown. So it would be very, very nice to see Tyron Woodley go ahead and get that W. But I'm really intrigued about the Kamara Usman matchup. Two big wrestlers, two guys with amazing power, um, similar styles. I think Tyron Woodley actually easily defeats both of them, but he has more trouble with Kamara Usman. So love to see what happens with that um, all in all. Staying with the UFC, um, there's actually audio currently. Rachel Osevich, who recently was in the news because she got punched in the face and um, by her husband, who was also a professional MMA fighter, and she he broke her orbital. He was arrested on domestic violence charges, and now there are actual video and um, audio of him saying, and I quote, he's saying that he's going to murder Rachel Osvish as she ran out of the house naked um, to try to get away from him. Man, this breaks my heart, man. This story is awful. It really is. Rachel Osevich, um, a beautiful young lady who is a very, very talented fighter, is in an awful situation with an awful human being who obviously is threatened by the popularity and success of his wife, his the 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 mother of his child. He also said certain things on there how, you know, and I heard it. I don't I can't I didn't want to bring up the link because it's kind of muffled. But not only did he say that, he says things along the lines of, you know, oh, you can get whoever you want, blah, blah, blah. So it seems like a really just toxic environment for her to be in. And again, it brings me back to the fact that they have this individual, Rachel Osevich, who is in a domestic violence issue herself putting her on the exact same card as Greg Hardy, who was kicked out of the UFC specifically, or not the UFC, out of the NFL specifically for domestic violence in a league that is honestly pretty okay with it. The fact that the UFC is taking him in with this, with the John Jones situation, with every other drama, Conor McGregor stuff, it seems like all they care about is cash, money. That is it. They don't seem like they really care about the athletes. They don't seem like they care about their perception, their public perception, especially all they care about is money in the bottom line. So I understand it's a business, but all in all, man, that is awful. And I hope that uh, there's actually justice dropped and they put that dude under the jail, man. Seriously. Uh, last thing I have, and we've had so much uh, today in terms of um, uh, fight news. And I, I, I told you guys, it was going to be really, really heavy on John Jones and everything there. But the last thing I want to talk about, we're going to jump on Bellator. Uh, Bellator, Lorenz Larkin, welterweight monster, is going to headline his first event with Bellator against former champion Andre Korshkov. Andre Korshkov uh, just lost his rematch to uh, Lima, Douglas Lima over there at Bellator in the welterweight tournament, so he's not out of the tournament, but now he's going to go ahead and fight against Lorenz Larkin in the, what is it, the, the, 
not the contender, the next man up. So pretty much if somebody falls out, he'd be the guy that steps up. So, man, Bellator has not given Lawrence Arkin any favors, man. He's fought some amazing dudes. Paul Daly, you know, Rory. I mean, he's fought Lima, Korshkov. He's fought all the guys in the top five already since he's been there. And he's right in the mix. I can't wait to see this fight. And I cannot wait to see the rest of that welterweight tournament. And lastly, I didn't mean I didn't talk about this. I haven't did my breakdown because the only big fights last weekend that were up were the boxing fights, the PBC boxing cards headlined by the Charlo twins, Jermel and Jamal Charlo. Jermel Charlo went ahead and fought a hard fought decision against um, just a Russian destroyer, man. Uh, this individual, I uh, can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry about that. But hard fought win. Great win. Great fight for um Jamel or yeah, Jamel. I'm sorry, Jamal. Jamal, and now it seems like he might end up fighting Triple G or Canelo in the very near future. I can't wait. Jamal actually went out there and seems like well, not seems he ended up losing a decision to Tony. And um, for all accounts, I've watched fight a number of times now. I had a 117-111 for uh, Jamel. I think this is an awful decision. I hate that he had to get a loss this way, but at the same token, I think he's going to be more and more hungry. I think the Charlo twins will continue to be stars in the sport of boxing, and they will both be names we hear from here to come. But look, at the end of the day, this garbage loss um, could work wonders for him. For instance, John Jones. John Jones is one of those guys who had a BS loss early in his career. He got disqualified for beating up Matt Hamill with elbows and they disqualified him for the fight. Same kind of thing. Um, didn't do anything but make him hungry. And also, he doesn't have the pressure of staying undefeated. So, look, congrats to both of the Charlos. I think they're, in my opinion, two of the best in the game. People want to talk about Jamal and how he didn't look at his best. I think his psyche was a little shook after his brother um had a a a loss you know pretty much victory snatched from him in that uh, manner so it is what it is Uh, i think the charlo's gonna be great and it seems like now staying with uh that division in boxing we're talking about the middleweight division it seems like canelo now after his big win will be fighting danny jacobs the miracle man it seems like he's gonna fight danny jacobs uh at some point, hopefully in March or May, maybe Cinco de Mayo, we'll end up seeing that fight. That will be an incredible match. And I'm going to be honest with you, at this point in time, I have Danny Jacobs. But the closer that match gets, I will break it down. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into this, man. This weekend in Inglewood, California at the L.A. Forum. John Jones will headline UFC 232 against Alexander Gustafson. Co-main event, Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunes. This, in my opinion, is for the GOAT of women's MMA. Uh, The rest of this card is a complete fire. We have Carlos Condit versus Michael Chiesa at 170 pounds. Ila Latifi, who is an amazing grappler, against Corey Anderson. Chad Mendez makes another return against Alexander Volkanovsky and so much more, man. Um, but I'm going to start this off by talking about what we've been talking about. We're going to go ahead and stay with the main event. We're going to talk about John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson. In this event, and we're just going to look at it. Look at this, everything by the numbers. This is a rematch. The last fight happened almost six years ago at this point in time. John Jones had the toughest fight of his career, ended up losing or ended up beating Gustafson in a close decision. This is the number one heavyweight, light heavyweight versus number two. John Jones is 22 and one versus 18 and four. Gus. Gus is only lost to the best of the best. Rumble Johnson. John Jones, D.C. That's about it. So only people he loses to are the best guys in the world. Everybody else he completely runs through. So how is this fight going to go? 
I've been watching the fight over and over again, and I'm gonna be honest with you, the first time they fought, I did have Gus winning. I had him winning rounds one, two, and three. I had Jones winning four and five. People, a lot of people wanna say John Jones wasn't ready. He wasn't in shape, all that stuff. Originally, I agreed with him. But the more I looked at it, the more I thought about it, no, he was absolutely in shape. What were the rounds that John Jones won? If John was out of shape, he would have blitzed him the first three rounds and then kind of died off around three, four, and five. But that's not what happened. He ended up winning the last two rounds when you should have been exhausted. Now, I will say this. What is, what is it that separates John Jones from everybody else? He is... Aside from possibly Max Holloway and Daniel Cormier, but even more so than DC, he possibly has the best fighter in Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz is right in there. So is TJ Dillashaw. So there's a couple guys, but there's only a handful. It's his adaptability. He adapts better than anybody that I've ever seen. He goes out there and he really does read what his opponents do. If you go back and look at his round to round or the two matches he had against Daniel Cormier. The first fight was really done at at distance, at striking range. When the fights are at boxing range, Daniel Cormier, Alexander Gustafson, he tends to struggle. If it's a little farther out, that's it where he benefits or when he's really really close in, that's where he benefits. John Jones, one thing that he does extremely well, He's extremely well at countering fighters and he analyzes what's going on. He's not a volume striker. He's absolutely one of those single shot guys. He's not going to throw a barrage of combinations at you. But what he does is he sets you up for those powerful shots that are going to deter you in any way. Anytime you step into his zone, he makes a point to hit you with something dramatic, huge elbows. Big kicks, knees, something that's going to get you off your game. So he does that better than anybody else. He plays with range and rhythm. He mixes it up. He's a little bit of a headhunter, but he knows how to mix it up, especially with his styles. If you see what he did to, um, uh, to, to uh, man, a number of his fighters, but if he's in there with a striker, he does what he does to outstrike them. He's in there with a grappler. He's going to take them down and do work. He takes what you're good at and turns it on his head. The only thing that he isn't good in the range that he's not great at is boxing range. If you box with John Jones, that has been the only time that we've actually noticed or seen any chink in his armor. Anywhere else, he eats you up like Kobayashi. Straight up. He just tears you up. But if you say in boxing range, the only people who've been able to do it are Daniel Cormier and Alexander Gustafson, but that is the only time that we have seen people actually have success with him. One thing that he does also, and the biggest thing, is that he maintains greater efficiency and offensive output. What does that mean? What that means is that with his adapting, He's also doing a better job of, again, like I talked about, land. He he gets he outstrikes you, even though he's only landing one, two. His pressure, his countering ability, he is outlanding his opponents because what he does is again he's a disruptor. Anything you do, he steps in. He uses his range, he stays away. He uses his footwork and his balance to either hit you with one of those. Those little um, the 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 little quad kicks, or he you know, or a little uh, or like scissor kicks and things like that. He he does a, a lot of man. I <laughs> I butchered that, but uh, what again? What he does again? He the uh, the oblique kick. I'm sorry. Blah. There it is. So he ends up he he deters you with the oblique kick. He stops your momentum. He stifles you. Now, what does Gus do? What did Gus do well? Gus out John Jones, John Jones. 
He was able to, one, he's a better boxer. So he was able to box John's face off. But one thing that he was able to do was that he was the one dictating the action. John is accustomed to countering people. He, able, he, he gets the distance. He outcounters the counterpuncher. Gus outcountered him. Anytime John Jones threw any kick of any sort, Gus answered back with hands or kicks. If he took a kick, he answered with a kick. Anything that John threw, he answered with. So he began disrupting John. Now, what does Alexander Gustafson do well? Like I said, his boxing. His last fight out, granted, it was actually longer ago than John Jones. But what did he do? He did an incredible job of movement. And again, this is against Teixeira. Teixeira is a common opponent that they have both shared, a common opponent that they have both beaten. Who did a better job? John Jones takes him to a dominant decision. Gustafson finishes. Buddy, how did he do it? Footwork. Some of the best boxing and footwork that I've ever seen. Moves in and out. Cuts the angles. And one thing that he does is he throws, he is one of those volume punchers. He does throw combinations. So what's going to happen? What's my pick going to be? I go back and forth and pay attention to my Twitter um, at the Surge Vicente. I might change my pick. This is going to be my upset pick of the day. Right now, we have John Jones in the lead. Everybody has John Jones winning this fight. This is my upset pick to click. Even though I think John Jones adapts better than anybody else, I think styles make fights. I think Gustafson has a style, length, and reach that is possibly John Jones's kryptonite. John Jones can be hit. Every fighter that's been in there with him has been able to touch him. Is John going to be able to implement his game plan? Has he evolved more than Gus in the last six years? I, I don't know. But I'm willing to believe and go on a limb and say that I have Gustafson winning this fight. Um, I don't even got to look at the, both of the stats. They, they wash. Both of these dudes are great. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. All right. A uh, little bit of time left, man. Let me go ahead and rifle through the rest of these um, just because they're incredible. Chris Cyborg with a record of 21-0 against Amanda Nunes, record of 16-4. Amanda Nunes is the women's bantamweight champion against Chris Cyborg, the women's featherweight champion. Chris Cyborg, to a lot of us, is the greatest female fighter of all time. Amanda Nunes is right there. Amanda Nunes just beat up, you know, Ronda Rousey. She, she's just throttled the best of the best. What's going to happen in this fight? Both women are incredible strikers. Both women are black belts on the ground. What have I always said? If somebody, the good little person comes up to fight the good big person with skill, what's going to happen? The big person with skill nine out of 10 times puts the thumpers on the little one coming up. Prime example, Rory McDonald versus Gegard Mousasi. Rory McDonald at 170 pounds might be the best 170 pound fighter in the world. He outstrikes his opponents. He outgrapples his opponents. Just like Amanda Nunes does at 135 pounds with women. Guess what? Chris Cyborg is the best of that. Chris Cyborg boxes consistently. She spars against Clarissa Shields. In my opinion, the best female boxer in the, currently in the world. WBC champ. Monster. Fights for DAZN now. And Showtime. I don't know which one it is. I thought it was uh, Showtime, but I just saw her in DAZN. 
she also, for MMA wise, has to compete against men because they're there. The women are just aren't skilled enough to deal with her power. This is from her coaches. What do I believe is going to happen? I see the same thing happening that we've always seen. Uh, I see this being a third round stoppage by Chris Cyborg, and she solidifies her place as the greatest female champion of all time. All right. Moving right along, Carlos Condit versus Michael Chiesa. Michael Chiesa is the number 10 ranked lightweight. This is his first fight at a buck 70. Remember, his last fight at lightweight, he lost uh, a, a by a triangle to um, uh, Anthony Pettis. And now he's going to move up finally and fight Carlos Condit. This should be a great fight. Um, Carlos Condit is coming some tough times as of late. I would love to pick Carlos Condit. He's one of my favorite of all time. Michael Chiesa is winning this fight. All right. Ear Latifi versus Corey Anderson. This fight is <laughs> not going to be the most entertaining. I definitely see this going to a decision. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ear Latifi in a uh, three-round decision. He's going to outgrapple him and land some big shots to win. All right. This is going to be a great fight. This is opening the pay-per-view. Chad Money Mendez, the number five winged featherweight in the world with a record of 18 and four. Again, another guy that has only lost the best of the best is going to go ahead and fight 18 and one beast Alexander Volkanovsky. I got Money Mendez, man. I think Money Mendez is just still on another level. He is a great uh, competitor, man. All right, uh, let's talk about really quick. I'm going to run through the prelims. Andre Arlovsky versus Walt Harris. Walt the big ticket Harris. Andre Arlovsky. Walt Harris has never truly impressed me. Andre Arlovsky's older. He went to a decision against Tai Tuovasa. Ah, man. I got Arlovsky. Chi-Town stand up. All right, this one I'm really interested in. Megan Anderson against Kat Zingano at uh, 145 pounds. Uh, Kat Zingano is moving up in weight, going against Megan Anderson, who lost her first fight to Holly Holmes in the UFC. I believe in Megan Anderson. She's a former Invicta featherweight champion, and I think she's going to make noise in this weight class I see her beating Kat Zingano, who, I'm be honest with you, has not impressed me a lot in her last couple of performances. And the only other one I want to talk about leading off the prelims is the legend. BJ Penn against Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall is a 6-1 monster off of his back. He's a great jiu-jitsu practitioner. He's won many awards all over the place against a prodigy, multiple-time champion, Featherweight champion, not featherweight, I'm sorry, lightweight champion, welterweight champion, has fought all the way up to heavyweight. BJ, the prodigy pen, with a record of 16, 12, and 2. Yes, that's a saucy record, but that's how we do. He fights anybody and everybody. I'm going to be honest with you, this is strictly a pick from the heart. I'm going with BJ Penn, man. So we'll end up seeing what happens. All in all, this should be an incredible fight card, man. I'm so excited about it. It should be fun. It should be action-packed. And yes, I'm pissed off about it moving because of one fighter. But does that stop any of us from watching this fire card for the end of the year? Not at all, man. So um, good luck to everybody involved. I really do hope that all everybody who was supposed to see the fight um, in Vegas is able to make that way out to LA and, and watch it. It's a short drive. So let's hope that they're able to do that. And uh, all in all, yo, this is another episode of the Fight Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I hope everyone has had a great holiday, man. Seriously, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody who's listening. I hope that it was great. Um, and I hope that 2019 and granted, we're going to have another episode before 2019, obviously, because we're going to do the fight breakdown on Sunday, but, um, yo, happy new years to everybody. Salute to everybody who pays attention to the fight podcast, share this with everybody. And, um, let's have a great time and watch some fights, man. This is the fight podcast. I'm your host, Sergi Sinton. Thank you for joining me on episode 65 of the Fight Podcast.
The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Yo, we are on all podcasting platforms around so no matter who you are no matter where you are you can go ahead and listen to the fight podcast check out the website thefightpodcast.com thank you all so much again for listening and i will see you right here next time on the fight podcast peace out